Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Hey, 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 everybody. God bless you. Come on in, gather in, gather around the table, gather around the living room, gather around the steering wheel, wherever you are. We are welcoming you to our live stream. Tonight we'll conclude our series on three steps to a balanced life. I'm glad you're here. So I'm going to give it a few minutes. I'm kind of monitoring the chat line. So nice to see you guys. Grandma Rosie, David Moore, the Frenches, Tony Bragel, the Shreese family. Hello, Truvine from the Shreese family. I know several of you. Brother Chico, Sister Sherry, no Miss Sherry, Brother Tim, Sister Titi, Sister Patricia Rizzo, Estella Gillens, uh, Abby, the Garcias, Lorraine, Josh, I think I saw, oh, Don French from Indianapolis, Indiana. Come on now. God bless you guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I trust everybody's doing good. We are trying to forge ahead and live a life of balance. And that's why this series was very important to me. Sister uh, Ramirez, God bless you. Hermana, Dios le bendiga. To todo familia, gracias por todo. Sister Trudy Rango, Sister Trudy... So we're glad you're here. We've done a lesson on church, did a lesson on home. Sister Martha Prado, God bless you too. To the Townsend families, or family, excuse me, to the Townsends. Sister Sonia and Brother Maurice, I see you chiming in there. So we have been working uh, for three weeks, this is our third week, on three steps to a balanced life. So I talked about keeping your relationship with the church and God and the kingdom things. Uh, I talked about um, your home life, and tonight we're going to talk about balancing your work environment, the secular obligations, um, as you kind of work outside your family in church. Everybody's got to have jobs, I get it, kind of work on what I call in the marketplace. And for most of you, you probably know I grew up in the marketplace. I wasn't always a full-time minister or pastor. And so majority of my life, well, maybe half now because I'm older. Brother Frank, welcome, my friend. Uh, half my life was in the marketplace, working secular jobs and being faithful to God and being faithful to my family. So I feel like this series was birthed out of maybe I got some corn in the crib, as the New Te Old Testament or King James would say. Corn in the crib, what does that mean in the 21st century? Hey, I know what I'm talking about, okay? Been there, done that. And so I have balanced church, I have balanced home, and I have balanced work. And part of me in another whole dynamic of balancing work, I was self-employed for 17 years uh, with employees. I had a print shop. We had a design department, print shop deliveries, uh, press, bindery, everything. For 17 years, I employed people. We had, it was a legitimate business storefront. I paid workers' comp, payroll taxes, unemployment insurance. I mean, it was, it was the real deal. And that's where God blessed me. But I think because of the blessings that I received from my secular calling and skill set, because I was faithful to God and I was faithful to my family. I, felt, I don't feel like I neglected my children and my wife and their needs. I mean, there would be some things that were maybe up and down because the print shop was busy, but... When I zoom out and I open the aperture of my life as a dad and as a husband, uh, I don't feel like I cheated my family and I don't feel like I cheated the kingdom. And I think, you know, I look back now, I'm, I'm 60 years old, so I look back 
And I realized, you know, God really is faithful. But here's the thing, folks. Listen to me, okay? The thing is we have to stay balanced. We can't lean too much into family or home or rather church or work. All are vitally important. Hey, Erica Mason, nice to see you logging in. Sister Rosa Enrique, welcome. So all of those are vitally important, but they have to be balanced, okay? Again, our series is Three Steps to a Balanced Life. Before we get into the lesson, let me give you a couple things for your calendar. I'm very excited. Tim Green, Evangelist Tim Green, my good friend out of Atlanta, Georgia, ATL, uh, will be sending us a file for every service. I'm going to say, in light of COVID, I, this is what I've noticed, I told my wife. You, you see on the news and you read, every industry, okay, is trying to reinvent themselves. Restaurants here in Temecula, everywhere, but I noticed Temecula, now they're, they're have, they have tents outside, they have sidewalk dining, cafe dining. The governor said, hey, you can move outside, you can do your commerce outside. Uh, I saw a big pushback in, I don't know the technical term, but I'm going to say they cut hair, the hair industry. That's not even the right term, but what the, what the state calls it. But they went, hey, well, let us cut hair outside. Let us do nails outside. Let us do uh, wh hair, whatever all they do. And so they're pushing back on the government, too. Say, hey, we got to make a living. We survived the first shutdown. We're not going to be able to survive. We have loans out. So every industry is trying to figure out how to reinvent themselves. So is the church. So we're streaming from Temecula, California. I call it the World Broadcasting Center. Brother Garcia, God bless you. Nice to see you. Donnie Waddle from uh, Minnesota. Welcome. Come on into Cali. So we're all trying to reinvent ourselves. Every pastor I've talked to also. So we're streaming. But anyway, I'm going to this. We are going in Sunday to a prophetic revival. A word of prophecy is something that is foretold into the future, okay? It's something that is spoken into tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. It's called a prophetic word. And in the fivefold ministry, Ephesians 4.11, evangelist Tim Green will fall into that prophetic word for our church. I'm comfortable with him. I know his works. I know his life. He's the real deal. So I want him to come, and he's going to come via technology, and he's going to send us a fresh word from God in an mp4 file which in layman's terms is a video file and we will watch that as we stream on this coming Sunday the next two Sundays okay and the next two Wednesdays so for four consecutive services evangelist Tim Green is gonna bring a prophetic word to this church to you and I it's not something he's done before him and I talked he said Pastor Durant, I'll be in my prayer closet every week. God bless you, Sister Lisa. Thank you. Brother Mark Waddle, Brother Renee, blessings to the Cisneros. He said, I'll be in my prayer closet every week, and I will send you a fresh rhema, a fresh word, fresh bread, fresh manna to the church in True Vine, and I will prophetically speak to your church, and I will seek God before each service. So please know, as you log on, we're streaming the next two weeks, next two Sundays, next two Wednesdays, prophetic word. And I'm happy to announce this. Get this, okay? Mark your calendars. August the 12th, that's a Wednesday. Uh, my math is going to be, what, three weeks from tonight. August the 12th, we're going to go into a sermon series with Brother Abernathy, one of our key prolific speakers of our movement, in prophecy. He's going to do a prophecy series on Wednesday. So August the 12th, whatever you count it down, August 12th, whatever it is, 1926, 
those consecutive Wednesdays, three or four of them, we'll be doing a, a prophecy series. Here's what you wonder. Hey, is this the end time? Is God coming? Is the church being persecuted? Are we going to be raptured out? Forsake not the siblings of yourself together, even as much as you see the day approaching. People ask me, Pastor, is the day approaching? Well, without thinking, the day is approaching every day because that day peels off. But I, under, I understand what they're saying. Hey, is God coming? Is this thing going to be raptured out? Are we going to be just taken out of this world? The answer to that question is yes, but when? So let's, let's school ourselves with Brother Abernathy. He's been so gracious. He's going to send us a file every week, and we're going to be doing a prophetic prophecy series starting August the 12th. So I'm so excited. The next four streaming platforms, or dates rather, will be Brother Tim Green, prophetic word to us. Then the following Wednesday, August 12th, we will start the series on end time or revelation or eschatology or the capturing away, the rescuing, the taking away, the snatching away. So anyway, it's going to be very, very good. So what I'm going to do tonight, I've asked Brother Blair a month ago before I even started this, if he would come and do the portion on a balanced work life. I've been out of the secular industry for 12, excuse me, 10 years now. I've not worked in the job environment for 12 years. Thankfully, thank God, I can be full-time at the church, and I love the environment I'm in now. So I don't miss the secular, but I did do a lot of secular work. But since Brother Blair is here, and most of you know, he's a manager uh, for a Southwest region, for a national company. So he works in corporate America. He works in the corporate world. And he does a very good job. His life has exhibited that. And I want him to come share. Brother Blair, how do you stay balanced? You have a ministry in this church, which is amazing. You're a licensed minister of the United Pentecostal Church International. You're a dad to two children. You're a husband to a wonderful lady. And you contribute into the church here. And you manage multiple locations in Southern California. How do you keep your head screwed on straight? That's balance. How are you effective on the job? How are you effective with your family and God, and you seem to have everything balanced? So anyway, Brother Blair's coming. He's off camera. What I'm going to do, I'm going to be off camera, but I'm going to monitor the Facebook flow. So hit me up. Talk to me. I'll respond to you. I'll be communicating on Facebook just outside your view. But let's give Brother Blair our attention as he comes and unpacks how to stay balanced with our work life. God bless you, Brother Blair. Please come. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Truvine family, all of our guests online. This is a true honor to be here tonight to talk to you and to wrap up this three-step series of A Balanced Life. Pastor's done a phenomenal job over the last two weeks, balancing church, has spoken to our life about balancing church, balancing home, and tonight I have the task of teaching a balanced life. So three steps to a balanced life, church, home, and tonight is work. And I... Just want to reiterate the announcements Pastor had with Brother Tim Green, great friend of mine also. He spoke into my wife and I's life before we came here. Did not even know we were coming here, but he spoke into my life. And I'm going to give you a little phrase of what he said. When you get to where you're going, he didn't even know where we're going. He says, you will fit like a glove. That was the prophetic word he spoke. We weren't even supposed to be at the church that day, but we we actually were at that particular church. He called us out and spoke into our life, and it is absolutely the
the word of God that came forth that day. And we absolutely have fit like we love over the last three and a half years here in SoCal and more than SoCal at True Vine Pentecostal Church here in Temecula. And we cannot wait to hear the word of God come forth over the next four uh, services with Brother Tim Green. But let's go right into a balanced life at work, a balanced life at church, home, and work. If any of these three are under stress, all three are affected. If you have stress and, you're, and it's, it's under stress, all three of them are going to be affected by it. So every, point, every job is a self-portrait of the person who does it. And I would say autograph your work with excellence. So whenever you're in the workforce, whatever your job is, if it's managing four or 500 people and multi-million dollar company, or you're, you're a janitor taking care of business and, and cleaning commodes or, or sweeping up or, or anywhere in the spectrum in between. There's no job too small or minute. We need them all. But do it, do it right. Autograph your work with excellence. That is an absolute biblical principle because in Colossians 3 and 23 through 24 reads, whatever you do, Work it all with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So when you're out on the workforce and you're doing that job, yes, you have a boss, you have a manager. We all have a manager. Even, even if you own your own business, your customers are dictating how you work. So we all have a boss, we all have a manager. Do it unto the Lord. We represent Christ to others in our workplace. And if there's ever been a time to be the church and represent Christ, these are the times. Since March 12th hit with the COVID-19, our world has been turned upside down as we know it, the, the normal. Now we're in the new normal, if you want to call it that. But we represent Christ in our, work, in our workplaces. And what a time to represent Jesus Christ and for the church to be the church. That is absolutely right now. And that is the way we should live our life. Every morning, every morning on my way to work, Pastor said, when he asked me, he said, Brother Boy, I want you to, to talk to the church and, and explain to them how you live that balanced life. It's because in prayer, every morning, every morning, I say, God, I need you to direct my lips. I need you to direct my heart. I need you to direct my mind. I need you to bridle my tongue. And I need you to let your fruit overwhelm me. The fruit of your spirit, let it overwhelm me because that's how I will make it through the day. And that's how we, would li we live a balanced life. And there's a, there's a great uh, quote. It says, preach the gospel at all times. And this is the, the awesome part of this, the latter part of this quote. If necessary, use words. You don't have to use words to preach the gospel. You just have to live a life of Christ. And living a balanced life at the workplace, they should see Jesus Christ through you as you walk down the halls, as you're doing your job, if you're outside, as you're sweating. You should have a song in your heart. You should have his words on your lips. And just continually praise the Lord, I thank you for this day. And let your actions, let your actions live the gospel out. Tips for keeping a Christ-like character at work. And this is tough at times. Number one, be responsible with your time. 
Ecclesiastes 9 and 10 says, Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. Be responsible with your time at work. It's, it's, there's a survey that was put out a few years ago. It says the average American, they waste approximately 2.9 hours a day, according to this survey, at work. They waste it on surfing the Internet, socializing with coworkers, conducting their own personal business. You know, some, some of us, we don't have jobs. We're, we clock in at 9 and we leave at 5. We have free reign. If you're in the sales, you're on the road or, you're, you know, whatever your job might be. So, but over two hours a day, the average American is, is conducting their own personal business. Or they're just sitting in their cubicle spacing out. 3.9% of the average American just spaces out, just drifts out into nowhere and just thinks about whatever, but except for their job. Running errands off-premise. Making personal phone calls is 2.3% of that, of that over two hours. This, is, this was a real eye shocker, especially when you're managing folks and you're trying to keep folks productive and efficient as you can. 1.3%, they're applying for other jobs. Or they're planning their personal events. They're, on Monday, they're already planning what's going to happen on the weekend. And we want to be responsible for our time. Colossians 3 and 16 reads, again, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Number two, first one was be responsible for your time. Number two, be careful about casual conversations with coworkers. I want to just, let's stop right here just for a minute, and I want to repeat that again. Be careful about conversations with coworkers. And I want to use a phrase my great, my great uncle used to use when he was preaching his Wednesday nights. He's like, I'm going to dig around some trees tonight. That means he's going to dig a little deep on, some, on his lesson. And I want to speak to husbands and wives, even single men and single ladies. Got to be careful about conversations with coworkers. Them bringing their personal life. If you're if you're a lady and some guy comes up for, up to you and he wants to talk about his marriage and how bad it is, run. Sir, if one of the ladies in the office she comes up to you talking about how terrible her husband is, run. Single young man, single young lady, be careful. Be careful. These casual conversations, if you're, not, if you're not quite checking yourself, they lead into further conversations and, lead into, and they develop into further relationships you never thought that would ever happen to you. Be careful about these casual conversations. I'm not talking and putting on a marriage counseling session tonight. I'm talking about living a balanced life living a balanced, godly life at work, and being a Christian at work. And those little things, because most, a lot of our, our co-workers, they don't go to church. Or even if they do, they're not living that balanced life. So it's up to you and I, as apostolic, Holy Spirit-filled, the body of Christ, to live that balanced life and to be careful about these casual conversations because they will take you down roads you do not want to go. 
So you have to check yourself and be very careful with that. James 1 and 26 reads, If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself as his religion is worthless. You know, we talk about our tongue all the time, and it, it's the most unruly, temple, un, un, most unruly member of our body. It's the smallest, but it, it will, if we let it go, it will cause wildfires. And we have to be careful with our tongue. Your coworkers are watching you. And we do not want to ruin, you do not want to ruin your witness, your testimony in a moment of frustration. And it only takes a few seconds. That coworker that you've been praying for that comes to you that says, I need you to pray for me. I know you are a woman or man of God. And I know it's going to be by your prayers that it's going to help my family, help my spouse, help my children. And one instance of frustration or irritation, you, you I, let my tongue, our tongue, go wild, we lose that testimony. We lose that witness, and we have to be very careful with that. We have to be very careful. So number three, number three, show respect, show respect for authority. We have to respect authority. We cannot expect to re be respected if we cannot respect those around us. If, if we have an issue with our boss, we, we need to take it up to him. We really need to take it up to him and not everyone else. I have what I call, hey, there's a meeting before the meeting, and then there's a parking lot meeting after the meeting. And a lot of times those parking lot meetings are talking about exactly what the boss just talked about, and, and they're just talking all about, I can't believe he's going to do this. I can't believe she wants to do that. I can't believe the company's going to do this. But if you have a problem with it, take it up to him. I, I, I tell my folks at my job, I said, hey, my door is open. My door is open. If, if there's anything that you disagree on, come and see me. Because the parking lot meetings, most 99.9% .9 of the time, the person in that parking lot meeting cannot resolve your issue. Only the boss can resolve the issue. So why frustrate yourself? <clears throat> why, why lose your witness, your testimony? Why bring an irritation to you and get, get your anger up? Or Why do that to ourselves? There's, there's a quote that says, I have met the enemy and the enemy is me. And, and most of the time it's us getting our own selves frustrated and, and irritated from our boss for no reason. Because once we go and talk to him or her, it's, hey, I misunderstood. I didn't actually see the whole picture. And instead of bringing up the other people, the other co-workers in, we went straight to the source that could take care of it. And the Bible tells us that's a biblical principle Hey, if you have odd against your brother, you go to them. We don't spread it around to four or five different people. If you're not part of the problem, if they're not part of the problem, they're not part of the solution, 
then they don't need to know. And 99.9% .9 of the time, it's your manager, it's, it's the one in authority that can solve the problem and help. So why go to everybody else when we just go straight to the source? That, that will help you live a balanced life. That will save you so much time, so much energy. So, And then when you go home, your family is going to say, hey, dad came home in a great mood today. Mom came home in a great mood today. Because we didn't build our frustration up because we went straight to the source that could take care of our problem. So we're talking about living a balanced life at work. People never climb the corporate ladder by trampling those above them. Let me say that again. People never climb the corporate ladder by trampling those above them. Your agenda should be one of a godly agenda. And in corporate America, yes, does it happen? Absolutely. But we're the body of Christ. We're above that. I have always said, if, it, if my character, my work ethic, and the way I hold myself does not promote me, for one, God's going to be the one who promotes you. God's going to be the one who promotes me. If that doesn't happen, I didn't need the job. I didn't need the promotion. And I take it as a blessing. I take it as, hey, if I would have got that promotion, what, what would I have to have done at home, at church, to get that? I, everybody wants to be promoted. Everybody wants an increase. But at what cost? At what cost? We're going to talk about that a little bit later in, in, the, in the lesson. Every day I get up and look through the Forbes list of the richest people in America. If I'm not there, I go to work. That's from Robert Orban, a quote from him. So every day, hey, if I'm not on the Forbes list of the most richest people in America, guess what? I strap my shoes on and I go to work. And they're, they're paying us, they're paying you to do an honest day's work. And that's how, that's how the body of Christ acts. That's how the body of Christ holds for themselves, is to do an honest day's work, and we get rewarded for that. Again, our reward is not from the employer. We know our reward comes from him. <clears throat> Number four, be careful with excessive overtime. Everybody loves overtime. Everybody loves overtime. I learned the new overtime rules whenever I moved to California from Florida. There's overtime rules. I, I, I had to relearn my whole labor laws whenever I moved out here. I will not talk about politics or anything like that and how they work, but I, I learned that, hey, if you work Eight hour, over eight hours, you get, you get paid overtime in a day. It doesn't matter if, you're, if it's still not 40 at the end of the week, if it's in the day. But we've got to be careful. Everybody wants overtime. But we have to protect our time with God. We should clearly indicate to our employers that we're not available during church, church times. And I've lived a life like that. Hey, at, at 16 years old, I'm working in the mall at... Some of you, if you're, if you're over 
40. Uh, you might remember Tom McCann shoes. That was my first sales job, selling Tom McCann shoes. It was awesome. It was awesome. I, I love to sell. My, I just love to talk. Be honest with you, my wife is at home saying amen. I try to get her to come here and be uh, the mini sister Durant's and just laugh at me uh, the whole time I was talking, but she wouldn't do that. So she's at home laughing right now because she knows I love to talk. But at 16 years old, I'm, I'm selling shoes. And it was awesome. But I told him, hey, I know, I know you're in the retail business, but I go to church Sunday morning. I'm, I'm finished at 1230. I could work from one but I have to be off by 5 because I got church again at 6 o'clock that night. And Wednesday nights, I can't work after 6.30 because I got church at 7. Got youth on Friday nights, the busiest night. I'm sorry, I can't work. Youth starts at 7. I could work after, I could work from 4 to, 4 to 6.30 on a Friday night if you want someone for two and a half hours. But we're talking about a living, a balanced life at work. You... Your work is going to give you a ton of guidelines, a ton of rules, a ton of a, a, all that. They're going to give you that. It's okay for you to bring to the table, hey, I have a few guidelines myself. I have, a, I have a church that I'm obligated to because if I'm not there, my family loses out. And I live a life as a Christian. I pattern my life after God and... I owe him that. I owe him that time. And these are the days I can't work. These are the hours I can't work because we have church on Sunday. We have church on Wednesday. And God will honor your stance and he will supply all your needs. There are hundreds and thousands of men and women every year that take that stance, that take that every day, they take that stance. And God honors them, and they are blessed. They're absolutely blessed. And we're talking about living a balanced life at work. Value your family time. The new boat, the new car, it's not worth missing vital time with God, spouse, and your kids. Yes, the overtime's great. But let's be honest. You're probably not going to see much of the overtime because it's going to be taken out in taxes anyway. So, but we get it. Hey, well, where you're, you're probably saying, brother, I, I pay my bills. I got this bill. I have these kids. I have seven kids, eight kids. I got five kids. Or I just like to have nice things, and I get it. I absolutely get it. So do I. So do I. Walk into my master bedroom closet. You'll see my wife. She likes shopping, clothes. She doesn't do much anymore. I'm, I'm actually praising the Lord for COVID because the malls aren't open and all that fun stuff right now. Uh, but, but you know what? I'm not going to work 25 extra hours a week because I want to I do those things. And I lose out on church and I lose out on family. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. We have, you have to balance life. And if you're... And if you're if we're depending on overtime to meet our financial obligations, we're probably living above our means. I want to say that again. If we, if you, if, if you are depending on overtime 
to meet your financial needs and obligations, you're probably living above your means. You probably need to look back and look over your spreadsheet at the end of the month and say, you know what? I'm having to work an extra 15, 20 hours a week so I could have this. And I lose out on family. I lose out on quality time with my wife. I lose out on quality time with my, my children. I lose out on quality time at the church. I can't serve God's kingdom and be a part of the body of Christ that God has called me to be because I am living above my means. We're talking about a balanced life at, at work. And if we're depending on overtime to meet our financial obligations, then we need to rethink and relook at what our obligations are. Yes, you've got to have the lights on. You've got to pay the bills. You have to buy the groceries for the week. But all, the, but all the other things, the excessive things that, that we want, we, we need to really rethink if we want that balanced life at work, if it's worth it. We need to learn to know the difference between the needs and the wants. 1 Timothy 6 and 10 reads, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And I'll give you a personal, personal story, just, just because I want to tell you that this word is absolutely true. 1 Timothy 6 and 10, I'm going to read it again, and I'm going to tell you a quick story. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered their, from their faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. i got a great, really good friend we grew up with my life. Went to church. Him and I both went to church. Both of our families had the same values, same beliefs. But he absolutely loved money. He loved money. He, he, to, to the point of he loved money so much, he lost his marriage. He lost his son because he was chasing a financial dream. He was chasing a financial dream. And at 47 years old, you would think that you would grow out of that. But at 47 years old, he's still chasing a financial dream. He's got, a, he's got an awesome house. He even has a plane. Him and, him and his new wife, they run a business. Very successful. Flies all over. Very successful. But he's still chasing the financial dream. It's never enough. And that's the thing whenever you're chasing the, the love of money. It's never enough. And you never get satisfied. You're, you're hungry for more. You're, and it's, it's, you're hungry for another, it's like an adrenaline rush. Hey, the next business adventure. They get that rush, and they just want to feed on it. But for what? They're, for what? They're losing out on their family. They're losing out on their soul. And, 
we have to live a balanced life at work and understand, hey, there, there comes a time when we just have to say, I'm sorry. At 5 o'clock, I'm cocky now. I'm cocky now because I got a wife at home, I got a kids at home, I got a church that needs me. I'm serving this weekend in the kingdom, and I want to be able to serve without being so exhausted from working my overtime and trying to chase all the things of this world and look successful. You have to, you have to say, hey, I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm drawing a line in the sand. And this is my line in the sand. I go to work early. There's days I leave my house at before 5 o'clock. You want to know why I do that? I don't have to do that. My boss doesn't care if I come in 9, 9.30. But I do that because my wife and my kids are sleeping. They don't even know I'm gone. But what they do know, dad's home by 5 o'clock. He's home by 4 at times. And if it takes you tweaking that and, and you have the, the leeway with your work to do that, but make sure it's not costing your family time. Make sure it's not costing you losing out on the kingdom and serving God and being a part of this great body of Christ that, that you're a part of. Number five. Number five. I want to be very honest with you guys tonight. This one hit me. This one hit me. Number five, leave your work stress at work. Don't take it home with you. Leave your work stress at work. Don't take it home with you. Our kids, our spouses, our families, they don't deserve getting yelled at because we had a bad day at work. And that's, I know that's tough sometimes. You know, not only am I digging around the tree, this one dug into my heart, into my, into my thoughts, very, very personal. Because I'm going to be very transparent, because that's kind of the only way I know how to be. I do that. I, I've done that. And it's not fair to my wife. It's not fair to my kids. And I have to apologize way too often because of that. But our families don't deserve it. And we have to leave work at work. That stress, the, the, uh, the drama that happens at work, it needs to stay there. It doesn't need to be brought into our homes. We want to have that balanced life at home. We want to ha we, don't bring your work home. We're talking about a balanced life at work, but we can't let that balanced life at home be affected because we can't balance our work life. We're talking about a balanced life at work. And again, as I said in the beginning, if one of the three are under stress, all three are under stress. As you can see just by this topic, if you're bringing work, you're not balancing your work life, and you're bringing it home, well, you don't have a balanced home life. 
because you just brought all the stress, all the frustration, all the anger right into the house. And what's going to happen? Then you're going to bring it into the church. So if one, if one is under stress, all three are under stress. And it's up to us to make sure we're balancing our work life. Confucius says, the strength of a nation is derived from the integrity of its homes. And, and we need the integrity of our homes strengthened this, this day, this hour, more than we ever have before. And we cannot let our work take that integrity and, and bring that down and bring from bringing the work life right into our home life. We can't let that happen. This is a very prophetic word from, from a great orator. The strength of a church is derived from the integrity of its homes. The strength from a church is derived from the integrity of its homes. That's from our great pastor, Pastor Durance. So tonight, as we wrap up, as we wrap up the three steps to a balanced life, at home, at church, at work, we, we have to remember that if one is out of balance, if, if we're up here with one and down here with other, the other, or the other two, or, or we're, we're flip-flop, either way, all three are going to be under stress. And we cannot let that happen. You cannot let that happen. And we have to keep that balanced life. Let me give you the five steps again. Number one, be responsible with our time. Be responsible with your time. Number two, be careful about casual conversations with coworkers. Number three, show respect for authority. And number four, be careful with excessive overtime. And number five, leave your work stress at work. Don't take it home with you. And if you can do that, you're going to have a balanced life. You have a balanced life at church. You're going to have a balanced life at work. You're going to have a balanced life at home. And our coworkers. Our friends on the job, they will see Jesus Christ through you. You will be a testimony. You will be a witness. And you will be an example of what God is calling the church to be on your work, workplace. If you can keep this in balance. I want to remind you as we wrap up tonight and we wrap up this three-week lesson, I want to remind you about the next uh, four week or four services, the next four services again, Evangelist Tim Green out of Atlanta, Georgia. He's going to be ministering to us um, starting this Sunday, this Sunday, for the next two Sundays and the next two Wednesdays. So four services, Evangelist Tim Green. It's going to be a prophetic revival. You do not want to miss it. It is going to be fresh manna coming from heaven straight into your homes. We're going to be live we're going to be streaming at 9:15 on all platforms. 
So all platforms at 915 will be streaming. We're going to have some worship. Then we're going to, Brother Tim Green's going to be bringing the word. That's going to start this Sunday. You do not want to miss it. I would even ask you to talk to your family and friends. Make sure they, they're, they're uh, logging on and they're, they're streaming with us at 915. Create a watch party. They, you do not want your family and friends to miss this time of revival. It's going to be a prophetic word for our church. It's going to be relative, relative, relatory to our church. It's going to be for you. It's going to go into your home. It's going to speak into your homes. It's going to speak to you individually. It's going to speak to the body collectively. You don't want to miss it. 9.15 this Sunday, the next four services. And Brother Tim Green, I want to pray for us tonight. Remember, three steps of a balance to a, a balanced life. At home, at church, at work. Thank you, Pastor, for putting, putting this all together. What a great blessing it's been, not only for my home, but for, this, for our entire church and all of our viewers online, all of our guests online. Thank you for tuning in every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. We'll be back again next uh, week on Wednesdays, but we'll be talking with Brother, or Brother Tim Green will be with us. So let us pray, and uh, you guys have an awesome week. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We just thank you, God. We thank you, Lord, for your word, that, Lord, that word that pricks our hearts, God, that leads us and guides us on our workplace, God, that we're the example of you, God, and we want to be that example. We want to be the one, God, who... Is that light, Lord, as you would say, we're a light like a city set on a hill. We're that beacon of light in such a dark world. And, Lord, we need you to lead us. We need your word to guide us. And, God, we ask that you would be that lamp unto our feet, that light unto our path in our workplaces. God, that we would put our work life, God, in balance with you and your word. We ask that you would bless every home, bless every family tonight. And God, let the anointing of heaven, God, come into their living rooms. In the name of Jesus Christ, we give you thanks, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. God bless you, True Vine family, and all of our guests tuning in. Have a great week, and we look forward to seeing you all Sunday at 9.15. Remember, Brother Tim Green, it's going to be awesome. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.